to go, Chair? I'm ready, Claire, are you ready? Yes, ready. Thank you. Thank you very much. Start the uh, broadcast. Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the October meeting of uh, Uttlesford District Council Scrutiny Committee. This is one of the special local plan scrutiny meetings where we consider items in relation to the local plan rather than any other business. Um, particular welcome to Councillor Stora, who's attending as chair of the local plan leadership group, and to Councillor Sutton, who is the substitute for Councillor Stora on this committee. Welcome. I invariably start these meetings with a little homily about how scrutiny is a critical friend of the administration and it's not a political forum. You've heard it many, many times before, and I'm sure it washes over your heads. But I am going to repeat it. Um, I have had a number of people mentioning to me, and I noticed myself, that um, in recent meetings we've had members defending the executive from what they thought was criticism. Um, if I would remind you, if you're on scrutiny committee, it's not your job to defend the executive. They're perfectly capable of doing it themselves. They're an intelligence and able bunch, and you leave your party political hat at the door of scrutiny committee. Our job is to ask questions to improve the performance. It's not to defend if we feel they're being uh, unjustly criticised. They're perfectly capable of that, and it's also my job to uh, deal with unjust criticism. So, having made that point, the first item this evening is public speakers. We have one public speaker... Uh, Councillor David Hall from Great Chesterford Parish Council. I probably have to declare a slight interest here. I've known Mr Hall for many, many years from Great Chesterford Parish Council, and he has absolutely encyclopedic knowledge of the local plan, its processes, and ins and outs going back over many years. Councillor Hall, the floor is yours. Chairman, thank you, and thank you for allowing me to speak. The list of other consultees in Appendix C on, in Agenda Item 3, also in Appendix B of the proposed Community Engagement Strategy that was adopted last week by LPWG, contains no organisation associated with Great Chesterton. Thank you. Yet in relation to the withdrawn local plan, both the examining inspectors and historic England have of particular importance to the national significance Failed to see or engage in any meaningful dialogue with either 
sorry, Chair. Um, it's Claire here, sorry. Uh, there's a lot of feedback coming out on my recording. Um, so I, I think we might have to just adjourn. Sorry, sorry, Chair, it's Ben, it's ben here. I've just, um, I was listening to the recording and yeah, there was, there was a lot of feedback. And I can't hear it whilst I'm on this meeting with you. So if you. Oh, I can. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I think we just need to adjourn just for, for a moment just to find out what's going on with that broadcast. Sorry, Chair. Are you still there? Yes, I am. And there's a lot of feedback coming out of my recording. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Apologies to members of the public listening at home for that brief adjournment. We had a couple of technical problems. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. We could fix those. We are under public speaking item of this scrutiny committee. Mr Hall from Great Councillor Hall from Great Chester. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. And Councillor Evans, the portfolio member for planning, is in the process of replying to them. Councillor Evans. Uh, thank you. Uh, I just wanted to uh, uh, conclude on your um, uh, uh, your question, really, Chairman, uh, as to how to avoid such matters as described by Mr Hall in future. Uh, you yourself will remember that um, Councillor Hall and I, uh, with you and Councillor Parrott, are uh, proposing to meet to review the lengthy paper and supporting documents which uh, Councillor Hall has uh, let me have. Um, and I suggest that we review that. Uh, I just want to conclude uh, on I don't think because I got a question from
just just received a WhatsApp saying we are not transmitting. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold. Once again, apologies, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you listening at home. Um, we've been having some quite protracted technical problems, and so we have another brief adjournment to try and correct them. What finished speaking by members of the public, and the next item is apologies for absence and declarations of interest. Do we have any apologies, please, Mr. Gibson?
Uh, Councillor Dean, as apologies, uh, Chair. Thank you very much indeed. Would any member care to declare an interest in any uh, matters on this agenda? I'm not seeing any particular matters. Good. We'll take that as nil. Minutes of the previous meeting. Now, we don't have minutes of the previous meeting. Um, that's because, uh, in agreement with Mr Ferguson and Mr Gibson, we've decided to keep the, meeting, the minutes in synchronisation with the type of meeting. So, standard scrutiny minutes will come to standard scrutiny committee. Local plan scrutiny minutes will come to local plan scrutiny to make sure that we have some semblance of the chronology of events. So there are no minutes to be approved at this meeting. Uh, we now move on to the substantive items on the agenda. I'm going to take these slightly out of order. I'm going to take item six first, project management, as that is perhaps the key to the other items on the agenda. Uh, Mr Payne, are you intending to introduce this item? Uh, yes, please, Chair. Thank you very much. Great, thank you very much. Um, so, members, um, on page 80, uh, the report uh, sets out the background of this item, and then there are some appendices. So if I can just take the committee through these key points. Um, and I've listened very carefully to the comments that have been made already in this meeting, and the intention here is that the project management arrangements for the local plan will be very thorough and transparent. Those are really important principles so that you as members have maximum confidence in the work that is going on on the new local plan. So um, we are proposing a different approach in terms of how we manage that transparency and tackle the issue. On page 81, I set out the eight principles of good project management. I think it's really important just to reflect on best practice. Um, and uh, the fundamental first one is focusing in on the outcome. We're not doing this because uh, it's, it's not the process which is driving, should be driving this, it's the outcome that we are looking for. And I think it's really important as a council, we've got big ambitions and life has moved on since the previous level. Plan. I mean, not least in relation to COVID-19, but in terms of ambitions around net zero carbon, around net biodiversity gain. And so there's a real opportunity now for us not to redo things as we did uh, before, but to look at these uh, issues afresh and to see how we can achieve that ambition. So that's the fundamental thing, I think, here, making sure that we're successful in having a sound plan delivers on the corporate ambition uh, and uh, a few other things there tell it like it is so I think the project manager who manages this system has a responsibility to provide clear advice to members and and to other officers about the real situation and the new governance arrangements which have been agreed by cabinet for the local plan provide an opportunity for this committee to take a really uh, key role in overseeing the process. And I think that's another key part of this, to make sure that we're clear on how we're dividing responsibilities so that we're efficient in the way that we use your time and officer time, but also we're clear on who is doing what. And I think that's another key part of this too, 
to say that this committee uh, has a responsibility to receive regular reports, which you're confident are accurate and nothing is held back. And also, an additional requirement which wasn't in, this, in the arrangements before, when you, in April, decided to withdraw the local plan and start a new one, there was a commitment, and it's at the top of page 82, to provide a report on a quarterly basis to MHCLG about the progress being made on the local plan, including slippage in the programme that may be encountered, accompanied by full explanations. Before being sent, these updates will be referred to a member group. So that was a resolution of full council. And uh, my proposal on this report is, is this committee that is that member group. And that uh, essentially is that the, the uh, quarterly return goes through this committee. So just looking at what is it then? How do you satisfy yourself uh, that uh, you've got a very good handle on what is happening, what is actually happening? and that you've got trust in the officers that are doing this job for you, because that's what we are doing. We are doing this for you, as a collectively for the council. So the first of these appendices is the risk register, and if I can just refer you to page 85, and this is appendix 1, and this sets out the, uh, all the current risks that we've identified um, and the intention is that this register will be prepared or kept up to date all of the time. Um, and for those of you who are very sharp-eyed, um, I think you will have noticed that the risk register uh, that's attached to the PID is, um, is uh, not the same as the one attached to this report. And that's simply because in the few days that the PID um, was put together, we've already added in some additional points into the risk register. Uh, the PID risk res register just simply shows what we thought the risks were at project initiation. Even in those few days, we've added additional ones. Um, and so this document really sets out what the risks are, and then what we need to do about that, and then what we think the risks are after the mitigation. The second uh, appendix is set out on page 89. So how do you as members, or indeed we as officers, manage this huge amount of data, which will cover uh, a number of years? And so I'm suggesting three levels to really be able to get that handle on what is happening. This is the top level one. This is the dashboard. So I, I've I likened this to being in a vehicle and uh, this is to give you an idea of the speed and if we've got any warning lights. Um, so hopefully we can avoid crashing or breaking down. Um, and so this, um, this report on page 89 shows the position on the 30th of September at the end of the second quarter. And you will see that there are 86 tasks which uh, are in the uh, project plan at that point in time. Uh, of which 38 were completed, 45 in total started, three not started. And then there's a breakdown of where we think the, they are in terms of uh, uh, their red, amber and green status. So red being uh, there's a significant problem, uh, amber being there could be a problem, and green that everything's on track. And in that I should say that you 
could have things that are not started, which are within the green slot. So it's, um, and then there's a narrow there which shows change. So each time we report to you, we show the difference. At the moment, it's neutral because this is the first report. The third appendix is workstream status. So that was, I just showed you the speed at which we're going, whether there are any warning lights overall. Um, the workstream status, page 90, is more like an executive summary. And there's a, uh, a narrative about where we are. And then I've pulled out some of the key issues which need to be addressed, and then some of the risks. Overall, the position at this moment, as we sit here this evening, is that I think the new local plan is on amber. Uh, and that's because we need the project initiation documents to be approved by Cabinet on the 20th of October to remain on the timeline. If uh, the Cabinet are satisfied and the project initiation documents go through then, then it will turn green. If they're not, it will go red. So that's really a... Um, heads up on where we are overall on the uh, on the um, executive summary, and then the final bit, which is Appendix Four, which is on page ninety-one, uh, really sets out all of the um, uh, the live tasks within the current quarter. There will be hundreds, simply hundreds of these. There are already hundreds, but um, uh, huge numbers of this as we go through the process. So the intention here is to provide this to you on, in terms of the live stuff. Um, and, uh, and there is a commentary and also you'll see the rag rating. I would highly recommend that you do not go through this line by line in this meeting. Because frankly, Chair, you would be here for two or three days. Um, so what I would say is very happy in advance of the meeting to be able to answer any specific questions. But at the meeting, I would very much recommend that the committee uh, focuses in on those tasks, which is, it is especially interested in. And that could be done by the, uh, by the um, RAG rating that's shown. So, Chair, those are the, um, the reports that um, I'm recommending that the, uh, the committee uh, receives. This report is about the process. It's not about um, uh, the, uh, the individuals who are running this. This is really around the, the process and making sure that you're satisfied that you are getting the information that you require to take a judgment. And, uh, and the question is then, what do you do with this, uh, having seen that? Uh, then if there are changes, we report that back uh, through to Corporate Overview Board the officers to action or through to the leadership group and onto cabinet. So there are a number of different uh, actions to be taken uh, on the strength of the, uh, your scrutinization or scrutiny of these, uh, of these reports. Chair, I hope that's helpful. Uh, happy to answer any questions. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Payne. That was extremely helpful. Um, I can assure you we will be taking your advice and we won't be getting in in detail, that is better handled elsewhere and I'm sure you will be uh, very much on top of that. Um, a number of councillors have got their hands up already. If I could just remind councillors of the process we've agreed for this, uh, our lead members for the local plan are councillors Christiane and Coote and I'm going to ask them to direct any questions they have 
to Mr. Payne first. Everybody who wishes to speak will, of course, have plenty of opportunity to speak. Um, Councillor Cristiani, before you start, I believe you had a point you wish to make on another matter. Absolutely, Chairman. Uh, I merely have to sort of raise a declaration of interest um, in looking at item number one, uh, and I'm fearful I might open a can of worms if there are more members here, but I'm a member of the National Trust, uh, which apparently is one of the consultees. Uh, thank you very much. So, on this particular agenda item, I, I really have to commend the work that Mr Payne's done to get us to this point. I have to say, on a personal note, I feel like we've made huge progress since the last Spirit Need Committee meeting, and actually we're seeing something we can truly comment on, which is great. Um, we, we've already sort of spoken at length outside of this meeting, but I, I think the key question for me, um, which has arisen since, is what, what continues on? when we look at that risk assessment and we identify um, that there are specific points that are the highest risk. So if something's rated at 20, do we then put in place an action plan or a specific work programme to ensure that we're trying to bring that down, or we're trying to sort of counteract the, the potential impacts of that? Um, Chair, shall I answer that? Um, uh, I think the, the role here is for the uh, committee to uh, to identify those those issues which need attention. I think that uh, this would be an instruction normally to the officers to be able to uh, to uh, action a particular point you felt had not been properly addressed. I think the other thing is that you may some of the there's a question of judgment on some of the risks. Um, and uh, so as officers and through the Corporate Overview Board with the Chief Executive Chairing, uh, we've taken our view about what we think those risks are, um, but you might have a different view about that. So, um, uh, and that might then elevate the, uh, the actions that need to be taken, both in terms of priority or in terms of scope. So I think the, the fundamental thing here is uh, it's up to the officers to action and address these points. Uh, and uh, helpful for you then to be able to tell us whether you think we've done enough or whether we need to do more. I, know, I, mean, I mean, that's all, all well and understood, and I, I certainly think it's right that the uh, the officers spearhead um, any of these sort of action points as they come. It's, it's, it's your job to, to do so. Um, it, it's more the fact that I, I, I guess I was... Uh, scared or worried you know you always see red and think crikey danger um and so some of the uh, some of the points that are raised in the risk register um even after mitigatory measures um are still in the red as it were and so i guess it's, it's not a question of who's going to do it who's going to take action but rather um what what sort of procedure is in place or um how are we going to take action you know because those points will remain red unless something urgent is done i'm assuming and so um whilst it might be the officer's job to do exactly that is there is there any kind of next step for those particularly urgent action points um or is it just a case of getting them done as, as you normally would within the normal work program do we give them the special attention i guess is what i'm asking yeah. Um, well, again, I'd say it depends very much on the, the issue. So, um, I mean, one of the issues, for instance, at the moment are the changes to national uh, planning policy um, and, uh, and the uh, lobbying that's been done both at uh, officer and, and member level. Um, so it may be in that discussion because some of these things are, are simply out of our control. 
um, in terms of, for instance, the standard housing methodology, which would have such a profound impact upon our district, paying up to 700 houses per annum to 1,200, for instance. So I think it's right that we recognise those things which are which are really, really important, and the fact that we're not completely um, uh, sort of our own destiny here. But I think the judgment then is to say, well, have we done everything we possibly can where we've got an issue, you know, like, for instance, the housing methodology issue? Is there anything else that can be done, uh, given that it's going to have such a profound impact upon our district? That's great. The, the final um, sort of comment that I'd like to, to pass, really, um, is, is it the detail, the levels of detail? I think that's spot on to have a dashboard and then go into further detail. Um, clearly, we will have something sort of oven ready uh, to go to MHCLG that we report to them. Um, I, I've asked you this before, but I'll ask you here in this particular forum. Um, is this the way that it's going to be packaged? Um, is this what we will see when it comes to us the next time around, albeit, you know, with the changes as we start to make progress? Indeed, yeah. Uh, I think that this is a very good start. If uh, we need to uh, change um, some of the, the uh, way we present it, we can do that. But I think this is a very good start. Um, and uh, I, if you find it helpful in this format, this is what we would do. Great. I, I have to agree with the uh, intention there. And also the fact that we as a scrutiny committee will be responsible for that sort of final check. Um, I think that's the right proper thing to do. Any more questions, Councillor Cristiani? Councillor Coote. Very well, evening, uh, Simon. Um, as uh, Chris said, we were uh, fortunate enough to have uh, a little pre-meeting, and I enjoyed uh, that. Um, you kindly sent to me uh, the ragging question that I asked you, and obviously... I, I looked at it. The only thing that I, I'm not quite sure of, Simon, is the question I asked was how we come to the Brussels wagon, who puts it in, how's it put in, where's it come from? Um, you kindly sent to me the answer that, it's, that uh, obviously is um, fairly straightforward, which because it's something that you've, uh, I don't quite know the terminology you use, but you've taken it from a, from a box of tricks, really, and put it on there. It doesn't really explain to me how you, as the progress chaser, uh, will, will enter any of that data into it, I'm afraid. So that's a, a question that perhaps you can give to me offline. I'm quite happy to take that. So it's not a criticism. It's an observation that when I looked into it, I did what uh, any normal person would do and looked at the, uh, the pocket tricks that you'd uh, taken it from. But it doesn't, there's about eight ways you could actually adjust that. And I'm not quite sure which way you're going to do that. But my other question, which is more important, and it's one that I'll be asking on several occasions tonight to different people, is about resources. Um, this is a very comprehensive uh, piece of uh, work you've done, and I thanked you before, and I'll thank you again for it. But uh, in your opinion, do you think you've got enough resources, and that may be offices, it may be other people, but it seems to me that, uh, and a lot of councillors, I have to say, that the process so far has been pretty slow and we're probably running behind what most councillors would want us to uh, be achieving. Uh, looking at the work that you're doing, and you're going to be the progress chaser, so I'm putting you on the spot, really. Do you believe you've got enough resources, whether it's officers or otherwise? Um, if you have, and you say so now, remember, obviously, um, someone like me will come back to you and say, well, you can't say you didn't have enough officers, you can't say you didn't have enough 
resources, because when I asked you, you said you had. And I believe in scrutiny. That is uh, part of our job tonight, to make sure that you and other people are well resourced uh, and haven't got uh, a position where you say to us as councillors, who you know our role, we make the policy and you push it through and uh, make it work. And if we don't ask you that question, Simon, uh, then obviously uh, something will yeah, and whatever I say is being recorded, so uh, that's uh, that's clear. Um, yeah, so just a couple of things I'd like to say about that. Um, in terms of the overall picture, we have uh, taken a view about the cost on the basis of the program that's before you in the, in the pit, um, and and that's reflected also in the medium-term financial strategy, which is going through the, uh, uh, the machine machinery. Um, but there are lots of variables around at the moment. So this is this is established on the basis of the timetable we've set out, and uh, and the approach that's been set out. The variables, of course, are around changes to the planning system, and uh, and we can't um, second guess all of those changes. So what we can do, we've done the best uh, uh, judgment on the basis of what of we know. The other thing I would say is there are two other things I would say. Um, last year, we bid successfully as a council for money, capacity money from government, which we had expected to um, use to produce mini local plans for the garden communities which were previously proposed. And we recruited a team of very skilled officers, a principal urban designer, a principal transport officer, a number of different people, skills which we hadn't got at that time. Uh, in-house, which we now have. And what we've been able to do is to redeploy those staff into the team which uh, Stephen is leading and apply them to this new task. So it's a tremendous opportunity. We've got some very skilled people, uh, and I think the council should should uh, welcome that to, to do this task. Um, and we've also um, asked uh, or made a bid uh, to government for some additional funding as well to supplement what we're doing especially around the community engagement. So um, but we've yet to hear whether we'd be successful on that. So what you have before you is a costed programme uh, on the basis of the assumptions that we know about, uh, and we've got a skilled team to be able to address the, uh, the plan that uh, you want us to put together. Any more questions, Councillor Coote? Councillor Lecount, you're next. Mayor, you are. Thank you very much. Uh, mine is not questions for you, Simon. Mine are just statements, if you don't mind. Um, I think it's an excellent project plan, and I've looked at it very, very closely. I like it a lot. And I think, in actual fact, I'm going to call it a new way forward. Uh, because basically, if I, if I recollect, going back to the last local plan, we never had things like this. We never had uh, looking at project progress. Um, and so, therefore, I'm going to say, I like what we've got. I will be asking you some more very, very pertinent questions in the future. But I think, so far, we can see new controls, new ideas, and a new plan. And I think the residents would welcome to hear that, because basically in the past, on the last two local plans, 
we never had a scrutiny committee looking at the local plan. That is a question. So, maybe you could ask that one. That's one, that's one question for you. So, on the, on the basis, good controls, good plan, good ideas, and a new plan going forward. Well, I think most residents have always been concerned about, well, we've tried it twice, so what's going to be different this time? Well, I think I've actually answered those questions, and I think you've answered those questions quite as well. So, uh, anyway, that's my one question to you. New plan, new ideas, new control. Yeah, and um, I would say, yes, this is a different way of um, approaching it and a different role for scrutiny, looking at the, um, the, the project plan in this way. So the answer to that is yes. Any further questions, Councillor Account? Okay, thank you. Councillor Sir. Thank you, Chair. I agree with what's been said so far. I'm pleased about the project plan we've got in front of us, and I think Mr. Fain has answered the questions as well. I'd just like to draw the committee's attention to the areas in red. Mr. Payne quite rightly said that there are some things that are not within our control. Um, yes, there are. That doesn't mean to say that we can't do anything about them. Uh, we are in a movable feast in terms of what's happening at Westminster, and I will try to illustrate that in a minute. I, I'd just like, with your permission, Chair, just to focus on three of the points here. The first one is 12, and 12 says applications being granted on appeal undermine emerging strategy. I think that is a real concern out there, certainly in Stansted it is, who I talk to. I have seen, and I hope that it will not be the case now, that in the past some members of the planning committee felt under pressure to approve planning applications. What, because of the fact that they might go to appeal and UDC loses the appeal. What I would say is that it's vital for us and the residents that planning committee members look at the application on its merits if they think that the application runs foul of various policies then they have the ability to say no and they know that it may well go to appeal which may or may not be upheld. Uh, so that's the first thing. The second thing is about the difference in planning policy. I have lost it in a moment on my screen, but Councillor Crisioni, I'm sure, is an avid reader of Conservative Home, as I am, and he will know that at the recent party conference, the membership surveyed were divided about the government's planning reforms. Slightly more were in favour of those against and a portion of don't know. And that's one of the areas where it's a little bit. There is a lot of concern, as far as I can see, 
amongst backbenchers in the south of England about the government planning policy. What do we do? Are we just passive observers of the scene? Or we may be doing, I don't know, working through the ACES Council's network, the local government association, because there are share large numbers. Share, we seem to I certainly get a lot of problems with hearing council the Yes, I, I can hear some sort of buzzing in the background. Claire, have we got a problem again? No, I, I can hear it still clearly. Um, there is a little bit of interference from Councillor Sell, but as far as I can hear, it's not too bad on the website. Okay. I'm, I'm having trouble hearing it, and I'm not on the website. <laughs> I, I can hear Geoffrey quite loud enough, if you like, but the signal coming in is drowning him out in certain parts. Right. Just one second, Councillor Sell. Um, ben, Claire, Chris, can you possibly have a word with Adrian tomorrow? We really do need to get to the bottom of this whole broadcast thing. Um, Adrian, on holiday this week, Chair. Okay, well, when he's back, can you have a word with him? I'll, I'll take it forward. I'll take it forward, Chair. Very much indeed. I appreciate it. Nobody's fault. It's just one of these things. In, 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 in the meantime, I mean, the only the only other suggestion I can make is that the that I I'm, I mute everybody, including yourself, Chair, whilst somebody else is actually speaking, and then I immediately um, unmute yourself, sort of thing. Possibly. So that only one person is actually uh, unmuted at any one time. Perhaps perhaps we'll try that.
Mr. Payne, would you care to comment? Um, in terms of uh, influencing government policy, um, I mean, we're making representations through uh, the uh, opposite channels. Uh, so we've had uh, meetings with an HCLG, and of course, as the council uh, making representations to the consultations, we've got um, a consultation coming up on the white paper. Um, so you know, there, there's uh, action there uh, which is uh, being taken, and uh, as further consultations come through, uh, we will be active uh, there. We're also using our networks as well to find out how like-minded uh, authorities are, are dealing with the issue. Um, I don't know if uh, um, any members, Councillor uh, Evans or the leader, wants to comment on the, the, um, the member perspective on that. Councillor Evans, leader. Um, so, sorry, uh, shall I go first, um, John? Uh, well, yes, do. Um, well, just in, re in relation to uh, Essex County Council, for example, and the position of the other, uh, the other district authorities within Essex, um, among the portfolio holders, and as you probably will know, uh, there is a, a portfolio, planning portfolio holders meeting across the uh, county held, uh, and at the last meeting it was resolved that there would be a collective response um, submitted to the white paper uh, and there'll be a meeting I think in the third week of October to review um, the form of response that will be submitted. Um, of course each district uh, has in relation to housing numbers at least a slightly different uh, view of matters. Uh, our neighbour for example in Braintree uh, its uh, housing numbers uh, will um, emerge uh, rather uh, more favourably, if, if that's the right way of putting it, uh, than, uh, than ours. Uh, so everyone's got their own um, boat to row. Uh, but in relation to the white paper, I think it would be interesting to see the extent to which there will be commonality among the different um, uh, district councils. Uh, uh, Braintree has already drafted a reply to the consultation on the white paper. Um, and uh, it would seem to me, anyway, uh, that uh, the views that they hold on some issues would not be coincidental with the views which we're likely to be uh, holding. Uh, so I think we do have to bear in mind that it's up to us to um, make our own points of view to the extent that they are different uh, from uh, those of others. Um, uh, but uh, we will certainly be doing things collectively as well, yes. Uh, I'd like to move on from this particular point. So, Leader, do you have any observations to add? I'll make it very short. Um, yeah, I'm personally very keen to speak to um, to ministers about this. They are, as you might expect, somewhat preoccupied at the moment. However, we've already kicked it off through the officer level so that our own officers and our LGA peer review team with, as you know, uh, Malcolm being extremely well connected and they are preparing the way. And so, yeah, we are very keen to, to make those views known uh, in government and we'll be pushing it extremely hard. Thank you. Um, Councillor Sell, any other questions? Thank you, Chair. That's very helpful. All I wanted to say is that uh, Councillor Evans' comments, which I quite agree with, 
because we're looking at the register, so things that he's doing with his colleagues across Essex, if he can feed them back through you, Chair, and the committee, that will help us to inform whether we're still at 20 or, or not. Thank you. Councillor Driscoll. Yes, thank you, Chair. Um, message for Mr Pony, if I may. Well, question. I'm a fairly simple guy. And looking at page 85, uh, I've got item one there, that's quite simple. Likelihood for impact five, total score 20, red box. Can we explain this system, please? Sorry, can you repeat the page, Jeff? Watch yeah. uh, it's page 85 and it's the um, risk assessment. So we've got a risk score of likelihood for impact 5 and total score red box 20. 4 and yeah. 5 in my mind is 9. Can we explain the third column, please? Total score. Sure. Um, so um, the scoring works the same in both uh, sets of columns. So if you look at page 85, you've got the risk score, uh, which is sort of uh, towards on the left-hand side, and then on the other side, you've got after-risk uh, score. Um, the likelihood uh, column is scored uh, out of five, and that's uh, zero is there's no likelihood. Uh, five is it's a dead certainty. And then the impact, again, is scored 0 to 5. So uh, impact 5 is pretty catastrophic in terms of potentially what it would do to our local plan. Uh, zero impact, it has no uh, impact. And so simply it's the times likelihood uh, times uh, against impact to give the score. And then that then determines the, uh, the uh, traffic light signal. Um, and it's the same for the after-risk mitigation as well. So, so what, yeah, what you're saying is that you don't add the two columns together, you times them. Exactly, multiply them. Thank precisely. You. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Councillor Driscoll. Um, Councillor Storer, I see you'd like to uh, make an intervention as Chair of the Local Plan Leadership Group. Go ahead, please. If I may, Chair, thank you. I'd like to ask um, a question of, of Mr Payne and put it forward as a matter for uh, the members gathered here to consider. Um, and it's this. With regard to this issue of project management, is it appropriate that this body, this committee, is the most appropriate one to consider it in detail? Given all the roles, remits and tasks of other related governance organisations, such as the, the leadership group and the corporate overview board, might it be more appropriate that one of those has that responsibility? And please don't think I'm advocating uh, the leadership group, because I'm not, despite a couple of uh, uh, members wanting that to be the case. And uh, I just wonder how comfortable you are with how it sits together with the various other uh, functions that these groups will have and that this body is the most appropriate one. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. Yes, I have thought about that quite hard. Um, and I, as I said in my introduction, I think it is really important to recognise the scale of what we 
embarked upon. This is not an easy task you know, for a whole number of reasons, and, and partly because of the ambition that we've got as well, quite rightly, that we want to have, you know, we've got the potential here to have a, a, one of the most up-to-date local bands in the country addressing uh, the carbon agenda uh, and all of the other things which were important. So how do we split that for us as an authority in the most efficient and appropriate way? I think your group, the leadership group, has got a huge amount to do around uh, looking at the policies and the strategies and to bring forward the plan. And uh, I think, therefore, it is right and proper that we separate out the process, if you like, to look at the um, how that they nuts and bolts are being uh, put together, whether they're being put on time, whether they're good enough, and all those things, uh, to support the work of your leadership group and the cabinet. I think that's really important. So I see this as a complementary role. It was very interesting what the chair said at the beginning of this committee, which is that this committee is a critical friend. And I think this is a very effective way for the committee to be able to engage. And there may be something which is coming up here which... Uh, is a gap which uh, may be of uh, interest to the leadership group, which may impinge upon the policy formulation or the strategy. And therefore, very helpful, I think, for this committee through this process to say, well, um, we think this is something that uh, may be an issue. Could you look at this? So I think it's entirely complementary. And I think by tying it into the resolution of the council uh, to have this responsibility to advise government, about how progress is going on, I think that that's a very appropriate thing. So I think this is a good model, and uh, I would certainly recommend it. Are you content, Councillor Stora? Uh, I have a follow-up question, if I, if oh. I may. Okay. Well, in the interest of efficiency and effectiveness, could, would that mean, and thank you for your answer, by the way, I don't disagree with it at all, would it be or might it be appropriate, at least on occasion, for this committee then to report back to the corporate overview board if they have a more hands-on approach as to addressing issues as they crop up rather than let it go through to cabinet, executive, or, or whatever else? Thank you. Yeah, um, I think that um, the way in which the scrutiny um, carries out its function. Um, uh, and the issues that we're dealing with um, should be dealt with in a uh, appropriate to that particular issue. So there may be a matter which is um, goes to the heart of the matter which uh, scrutiny wants to draw to the attention of cabinet. There may be matters which uh, um, are more appropriately uh, forwarded through to leadership group. And overall, the corporate overview board has to keep a handle on what's happening across the piece. So I think the corporate overview board is going to um, be uh, advised about that. There may be issues. You might come along to, to me and say, well, actually, um, there's a very specific operational point here which we think should be attended to. Um, and, and that's simply a matter of uh, passing that information to Stephen. And Stephen's team addresses it. You know, that there may be a very specific thing. We don't need to go through all the bureaucracy and, and use up uh, member time uh, or senior officer time. So I think it depends upon what the issue is. And I think you could be reassured there's a formal process if you feel that you need to uh, employ it. And there's an informal process, which, uh, which is also going to be uh, constructive. Thank you very much indeed for your answer.
Pleasure. Are there any other members who wish to raise questions to Mr. Payne or to Council Revenues on these, this item? Right, thank you. Um, most of the questions I had in my mind have been asked by other members, which I'm always very grateful for. Mr. Payne, if I may, however, two very quick questions for you. Uh, you referred in your opening remarks to the Council being an intelligent client. Would you care to elaborate on that a little? Sure. Um, yeah, so those principles are very much advocated by government. Uh, so the Infrastructure and Projects Authority have adopted those principles, and most of them, um, I think, self-explanatory. Uh, um, intelligent client um, is essentially it's about dialogue and trust. That's really what it's about. And it's building trust-based relationships with stakeholders. Uh, and you know, the closest stakeholder, of course, is officers working together with you as members. But um, we heard earlier about the history group in Great Chesterford. Uh, we've got a whole range of different uh, groups that we're engaging with. So we need to build trust with all of those people that we want to have their views uh, to help us do this work. So that's important. But also, um, I think it's really important in terms of other partners. So um, the planning review group, for instance, the peer review group really highlighted in their presentations to you about all of the other strategic partnerships which surround us, you know, the Cambridge Art, Greater Cambridge, uh, North Essex, you know, there are a plethora of these groups. And so Again, we need to build trust and a relationship with those other places as well. Um, so intelligent client really is just recognising the complexity of what we're dealing with and building trust and understanding what the needs of our customers or our, sorry, our, our users or uh, beneficiaries of what we're doing uh, are. And we're doing that through a really effective community engagement process. And when Stephen comes to introduce um, some of the other uh, papers on your uh, there's some really innovative stuff which this council is considering doing, which we're putting to you um, in our reports. So I think it's a really exciting opportunity to do that and to be an intelligent client to get a really good outcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Final question. Um, members, members of the public, there's been quite a lot of expression about concerns that we get project management right. The risk of shameless flattery, Mr Payne, I'm aware you have a very distinguished career in CV. It might be helpful if you were to outline some of your experience to us and also perhaps how you intend to go about the process of project management and to engage various stakeholders. Uh, sort of a holistic answer. We've, we've drilled down into individual specifics now, but perhaps you can sort of summarise and encapsulate the approach for us. Yeah. But, but first of all, please, give us some background on yourself. And please, I don't think this is a time for modesty and understatement. Well, uh, I'll just be factual. Uh, so um, I started at a very young age. I've uh, been uh, working with local authorities for 46 years. Um, and I tend to work in a place and uh, I really then don't leave. Uh, I've become so uh, committed to, uh, to uh, what I'm doing at those places. Um, so um, I'm, I'm very much committed to getting uh, 
best practice and high quality provision. Um, I'm a chartered town planner. I have a master's degree with distinction from Aston uh, Business School. Um, I'm a fellow of the Chartered Management Institute. Um, I have been on the regional board for a number of years. Um, I'm also, I've provided advice to the mayor of Heidelberg in Germany on uh, smart city visions. I spent uh, 14 years working uh, in Birmingham City Council, quite a varied career, uh, quite a lot of projects delivery. I was in charge of the planning compulsory purchase order program there. I worked for 16 years at Stratford-on-Avon District Council, which is very, very similar in character to uh, Uttlesford as a fantastic historic town, which is very similar to the historic towns that Sapham Walden and other places in our district. So I understand growth and people's expectations about high quality growth and how we manage that. Uh, I delivered three pedestrian priority schemes where I was the lead officer. So that was a project management construction project. Um, and then I moved across for 11 years. I was director of environment at Cambridge City Council, responsible for 380 staff. Um, and uh, a range of projects that I was involved in there. Uh, mostly less project management because I had uh, I was managing staff. Uh, the one project which I did lead on a project management side was a £7 million shared service arrangement with South Cam Cams on waste collection. So um, there's plenty of experience um, that uh, I have had. Um, and what I draw from that experience is how important it is for officers and members that work together for there to be trust. So in terms of what we've just been discussing, you know, we have the most fantastic methodology, uh, technically brilliant, but uh, actually if there isn't a constructive dialogue going on and, and trust between officers and members, it won't work. And the other thing which I've learned, and I think this is a really important point in Cambridge, was the strength of partnership working where it's done correctly. So Cambridge um, City had a very constructive uh, relationship with other local authorities in its council and county. Uh, often they were doing political cues uh, and so on. I'm sorry, the sorry, Chair, but we have a problem actually with the speech actually coming from uh, Simon, which is a shame because we're not hearing all. Okay, well, I'll sort some out. I'm going on too long. So, um, uh, so what I learned, as I said, was about trust between officers and members uh, and also about the relationship with key partners because we are not completely masters of our own destiny as a district. And there are lots of other people that can help us achieve our objectives. So what matters to people now? Health, for instance. It's going to be very important. Education. Um, transport and so we need others to help us to get a really successful outcome so that's what i bring to this project and i really welcome the opportunity to be able to do that this is a great place with great ambition and uh, a real opportunity to do some really fantastic world-class stuff here i think well thank you very much indeed mr payne um, do any other members wish have any observations or comments they wish to make no, I'm not seeing anybody. So we've spent a lot of time on this, but really this is the very root of a successful plan. Making sure that things stay on track and on time. And a number of probing questions have been asked, both of the portfolio holder and the relevant officers. 
I feel comfortable that we can recommend with enthusiasm this project management proposal to Cabinet. Um, would other members be in agreement with that? So, can I have a proposal for a motion that we uh, recommend this to Cabinet for approval? I recommend it to, to, to Cabinet. Thank you, Councillor Cabinet. May I have a seconder? I'll second it, uh, Fight there between Councillor Driscoll and Councillor Coote. I'll take Councillor Driscoll on this occasion. Uh, please don't take it personally, Councillor Coote. Uh, all those in favour? I think that's unanimous. So, thank you very much indeed, Mr Payne, Mr Glendale, uh, Mr Miles. That has been a very, very, very interesting and informative discussion. We're now going to move on to the second substantive item on the agenda, which is the Local Plan Project Initiation document. Mr Payne, are you introducing this, or is it Mr Miles or Mr Glendale? I think it's Mr. Mars, I think. Stephen, you? Steve? Uh, yes. Thank you, uh, thank you Chair. Thank you, Chair. Um, so, I mean, much of what uh, Mr. Payne has discussed in uh, the final item, cover first, uh, covers um, the, the issues here. Project initiation document is the first of three documents, first of three process type documents before you today. Um, which have been before local plan leadership group um, a week or so ago, and you've seen earlier versions of uh, late in August. The, the documents um, following the meetings in August have been updated to take into account um, uh, the views of the peer review team and to ensure that we are, as best as we can, taking into account the potential changes to the planning system through the white paper, um, yes, yeah, so it, it's a process by document. It is to go on to, um, to, to Cabinet on the 20th for agreement. Um, and yes, welcome, welcome any comments and we'll want to answer any questions. Councillor Cristiani, over to you. Thank you very much, Jim. Um, this, is, this is the area where I have sort of the most substantive comments and, and questions and to some extent some concerns. So if I can take members to page 12 of our agenda reports, it's paragraph 3.16, uh, our organogram of sorts. Um, I want to talk and I want to ask questions around procedure, decision-making and constitutionality. I think that's something which we should hold a great sort of sense of priority. Um, that's the basis on which we operate. So... You know, you'll have no doubt heard the saying, if it, if it walks like a duck and, and so on, um, and it's probably a duck. Um, I think I'm finding in practice and the views shared by many members that what's written down in that organogram um, isn't actually playing out in practice. Um, so I have a question for the Cabinet member on that line. What then would you say, uh, Councillor Evans, if I put forward the notion that the local plan leadership group is turning out in practice to be a decision-making body in itself uh, and that it's some sort of separate executive whose apparent responsibilities it is to formulate and prepare a local plan, even if that responsibility is earmarked on the organogram for the executive. I have further questions to that, but as an initial kind of question, I, I hope you might be able to ask comment. 
Um, I'm not quite sure why you might feel that that is the case on the basis of what's um, gone on, to, what's happened to date, I, I have to say. Um, the, the LPLG, uh, I think, has acted as a review body and is simply there to make recommendations. Uh, I, don't see what they, I don't see that the work that they have been asked to undertake uh, is effectively um, is translated into an executive role. Um, but equally, of course, there has to be a group, a membership group of some sort or another, in this case LPLG, uh, who, uh, which is going to be spending the time and uh, has the time resource available to look at things in detail. I'm, I'm not quite sure where there might be an where there might be an issue or a problem arising in, in, in that respect. So perhaps if, if there's something that concerns you particularly, then uh, um, perhaps I can think about that and uh, consider it. But I'm not uh, well, I, I mean, that's uh, thank you. Um, so the, the notion that I've just put forward wasn't my original. Um, this is something that's been brought to my attention in conversations with the Centre for Public Scrutiny. They've expressed their concern that a working group of Cabinet, in this case the local plan leadership group, has effectively no basis in the Constitution in the way that it's currently operating. And the main question there is, why isn't the chair of that, why is the chair of the committee a backbench councillor? That's a horrible term, but a backbench councillor. Um, and why isn't the chair of the committee the cabinet member for planning? It seems appropriate that if this is a working group of the executive and that it's the executive's role to spearhead and put forward a local development plan for council to approve, uh, why then is there, isn't there that relationship with the executive member outside of you attending and I know you do contribute to that meetings but it is are we happy as a scrutiny committee I guess I would ask fellow members but also I'd ask you are you happy that that's formal enough um, for your liking uh, can I can I just interject there for a second please councillor Christiani um councillor Evans councillor Christiani has asked some very interesting questions um, we're all happy that the project management side of this activity is now well founded but I think, like Councillor Crisciani, um, I still find page 12 a little bit baffling. And I think Councillor Crisciani has got some very good points that need answering, and perhaps both you and Councillor Stora could address. Could address. Um, in relation to the chairing of the LPLG, uh, the decision had been taken quite some time ago that uh, I, or whoever is the portfolio holder, should not chair that particular group in order that there should be a degree of check and balance, if I can put it that way, between the LPLG, so that they are able to express views independently, um, given that the chairman is not a member of the executive, that they are able to express views and undertake work independently of the administration, so as to provide that additional um, distinction, as it were, between between the administrative function and uh, and the mem and the membership at large, so that was the philosophical reason for that. Um, having said that, uh, of course, it is the case that in many uh, local authorities, uh, the portfolio holder chairs and chairs the equivalent of this particular.